You are listening to The Current Podcast, the official podcast of UC San Diego's IT Services Department. I'm your host, Miguel Rodriguez. Today is Wednesday, April 6th, and I know I've said this before, but today is a very special episode. Sure, all of our episodes are special in their own unique way, like our children. But this one, this episode is the child we did not know that we would live to see. It is our 200th episode, folks. And after this many under our belt, it's really that pie-in-the-sky idea that came true and continued to go strong. Which means it's safe to say the podcast is officially out of its diaper phase. But before we dive into our interview with the wonderful team who helped bring this podcast to life each week, it seems appropriate to chat about The Current and its iterations. Now, for those of you who may not know, The Current is our intranet, your department news and information source. Think of it as the backbone to its podcast and newsletter. It's chock full of interesting stories and important updates. Why, if you go there right now, over at thecurrent.ucsd.edu, You'll see this podcast, other episodes, our latest featured video, and you can find other department career opportunities, learn about flexible work arrangements, see how you can lend a hand to your colleagues, and keep track of important department events. And even find fellow IT services colleagues via our directory, org chart, or seating chart. I know some of you have been looking for an org chart yet. You can find it there, everybody. And that's just the homepage. So don't worry, we know there's a lot in there, so the team behind our intranet is finding ways to help you stay informed, connected, and engaged. What do you know the same mission of this very podcast that you are listening to at this moment? The Current, the official intranet of IT services. It's not just news, it's your resource. This ad has been paid for by... Well, me and my own time, apparently. But anyway, on with the show. Starting off the show is a voice you will find familiar. You'll know him as Miguel. So, Miguel, if you would be so kind, take it away. Hello out there in podcast land, and welcome to our celebratory anniversary episode number 200. That is 200 of these episodes that we have been doing of your own favorite, and I hope subscribed to current podcast. This is your host, Miguel Rodriguez, and I am here with my podcasters, as we call ourselves, the Pod Squad. And we're just going to talk about the podcast, why we do it, reflect on what has gone on and whatever else anybody wants to talk about. So we'll go around in a circle. I'll call you my name and just tell me what your role is, what you do in the podcast. And we'll go from there, starting with you, Mark. Mark Herzberger, communications manager in IT services. I perform or conduct the odd interview with our guests and otherwise try not to interrupt or derail all the other great work that goes on to make this a success each week. Angie, you're up next. Thank you, Miguel. Angie Lou, project manager with ITS. I mainly do interviews and share jokes when called upon. We'll go from one Lou to the other. Joanna. Hi, my name is Joanna. I'm a project assistant on the communications and outreach team, and I'm the one who edits and posts our podcasts. Before I call on my next person, I will say I'm going by order of my Zoom screen. So no order intended. I hope that goes without saying. Up next is Douglas Bonilla. Hi, I'm Doug, and I help with the editorial calendar, building out the program of the podcast. 
helping with stories, scheduling, and doing some of the interviews as well. And finally, we've got Paul Kruger. Hi, Paul Kruger. I'm working for the project management office, and I'm a substitute host whenever Angie is too busy and I get dragged in. I got voluntold to do this in the first place, but I have a lot of fun. These are this is a good bunch of people. Kicking and screaming, kicking and screaming. Yeah, she basically said, you want to do it? I'm like, yep. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that sounds like you were forced. <laughs> Paul, that's going to be great when you get married. Be a straight shot into following directions. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It's very uh, Mary Tyler Moore-esque joke. As we go into this, I didn't say what I do on the podcast, but if you're listening to this, you probably already know that I kind of bookend most of the podcast episodes with an intro and a tip, sometimes an outro, and occasionally we'll do an interview. But yeah, let's get started. Who wants to give a little history of The Current? And we should probably keep kind of brief. Well, Miguel, as any of our listeners under 50 are Googling Mary <laughs> Tyler Moore, I will uh, maybe turn this back to you because our episode number one was March 18th, 2020. And why don't you give us the elevator pitch of the origin story and how you were approached and turned out a, a podcast for the first time within a few hours? Yeah, so- so the history of the current podcast. Well, first of all, the first thing you should know about the history is that this is its second name after a rebranding where we eliminated a word daily. So the first iteration of this podcast was something that we did every single day. It was brought up by Mojgan Amini, who contacted me. She had heard that I had some podcasting and media experience, and she was wondering how quickly something like this could get fired up. And I had the first episode live that evening because at the beginning, this was pretty simple to do in terms of content. We were really just, as an organization, ITS and UC San Diego as a whole was going remote because of the COVID pandemic. And everybody had a lot of questions about what to take home and what to do and what was parking like now and all kinds of things that were going on. And so we were just kind of the mouthpiece for that. And there was plenty of that at the beginning. So churning out one of these a day wasn't that difficult at the beginning, but that changed over time. Oh man, I'm just sitting here thinking about like, oh, don't worry guys, this is only going to be like six to eight weeks tops. We'll be back in the office before you know it. Yeah, I'd like to add to that was that because we were moving over to remote, there was a big fear about what we would lose not being in person and around each other. And so the podcast was really first and foremost was about kind of that reassurance that we're all in this together, that here's all the information that you need. And also, as we started to branch out was incorporating more voices of the department. And so that was a core part of as we rebranded and moved into bigger and better things was really becoming a voice piece for fellow staff members. We probably had if we're at episode 200, I think we've probably had probably about 175 or 180 different people from IT services or faculty or a few other of the IT units. So that's a kind of diversity, if you will, that we've been able to bring in over these two years. So I will bring this up since this is what we've talked about in terms of that initial vision. It is pretty easy to gauge the success of putting out really fact-based information of, hey, here's what's happening now, and here are the things you can take home, and all that kind of stuff. But the harder thing, I think, to measure is what Doug just brought up as the intentional purpose behind this whole thing is, do we feel like we have connected each other better? Do we feel like this has been a great forum for keeping us in this place where we realize we're not alone, right? And I know that Mark 
Mark, you brought up, we've had all these guests on, but I think it goes beyond just we've had all these guests on. I'm wondering what everybody else thinks about that. Well, I think it's cool because when we used to start doing like videos or anything that we would publish, it would always be the SMT or the CIO or some boss or somebody that's in charge. And they'd, you know, you know, yap at us for a couple of minutes and be like, all right, next. But the cool thing about the podcast is it's mostly just us. I mean, not like this team, but like us in the department, right? So we're interviewing just people that we work with. Like, hey, you know, have you heard this guy? He's doing something really interesting. All right, cool. Let's interview him. And so a lot of the voices on the podcast are just our coworkers, our peers. And it's a lot to me more interesting to hear uh, what they have to say. Uh, No offense to anybody in the SMT, but you've said it already. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) But no, on a serious note, it is a lot more fun to hear our peers and uh, get a little bit of insight from them instead of just you know, the bosses. And I think the podcast removes some barriers and filters. Um, My whole career up to working on a podcast was about, you know, writing articles. And it's a real process to try to interview somebody, transcribe it, turn their way of talking out loud into a quote that actually makes sense. If you're going to write an article, everybody wants to review it. it, takes forever to track them down. So we do some minor editing on the podcast just to tighten it up. But out of these 200 episodes, maybe only like three people have asked, oh, can I listen before it airs? So I think people just really trust what they say out loud to us. And I think we've done a good job of letting them speak in their own words and their own voice, which is a lot different than even if you were like transcribing an interview, like an old style magazine that Miguel, of course, would read. (laughs) I do think I should bring up one of the biggest indicators for me was actually from emails I got when we went from daily to weekly expressing disappointment because people did feel connected via the podcast and didn't want to lose it every day. They wanted it weekly. And, you know, I'm glad we went weekly but it's still kind of nice that we were wanted daily. It's nice to be wanted. For me, I definitely feel like we achieved that goal because when I first started in ITS, like Central, I didn't know anybody. And three months into my new position, we went remote. So for me to be able to connect with people on that level, you know, that, that virtual water cooler, this was a great opportunity. And that one of the reasons why I joined the team. So I definitely feel like that goal of the podcast, being able to still connect us has been achieved with me. Without looking at SoundCloud, does anybody want to hazard a guess on the total number of listens we've had in the last two years? 5,000. Average, average 550 times 200, 10,000. 12,000. Billion. Not a billion, no, about 14,000. All right. Not 14,000 people per se, but 14,000, you know, unique listeners. It's a play, right? Right. That's awesome. I mean, that's for a podcast this niche, that's pretty great. Here's a funny question. What app or service do you use to listen to the podcasts? I used to personally use Stitcher, but... I Google podcast exists now. And sure enough, the current is right there on Google podcasts. So that's where I subscribe. Yeah. It's on most major platforms. Maybe I'll ask you something, Doug, you know, in the early days, I don't think, you know, you didn't come into this job in uh, with any podcasting experience that I was aware of, but you were very able uh, to quickly kind of figure out the landscape of delivering and pushing out the podcast. So what was that like for you to learn that landscape and figure out how to get it to just show up on people's phones if that's what they wanted? Yeah. I mean, the big thing there was, I remember that clear as day, it was, uh, hey, Miguel has done podcasts before. Uh, he's willing to, to be the voice. 
let's make it happen. So diving into it from that perspective, there's a lot of research, but just figuring out you need to have one platform that basically houses it, provides the RSS feed, and then streams it out to all the other platforms. And that's how you're able to aggregate the total listens and all that. So it gives us an opportunity to be heard the way people want to hear it. So for some folks, it's still just come to the internet, the current homepage, they can listen to it there. For some other folks, it's they want to hear it on say Stitcher or Google or Spotify. That's how they get it. For anybody that's not familiar, it comes out every Wednesday. So you can either just set it on your calendar or subscribe. But yeah, it was uh, definitely uncharted territory for me personally, but one that I was able to dive into and really come out of with a real solution and, and a way to get us out there. After that, it was really just the mechanics of building the podcast episode each week, whether we're talking about from the editorial standpoint and getting the stories, getting the people together and doing the interviews to cutting and editing and pasting together all those pieces and then having Miguel do the book ending in terms of, you know, the beginning and end of each podcast and the timeline for that. And all of that is why we moved from daily to weekly. We could provide better content that was more appealing to a broader audience. I got to piggyback off that with one more bit of historical. There was no clear idea at the beginning in the pre-Doug days of who the audience was going to be. The first few episodes were literally roped off to only ITS people. So the question about like, would it be available on Stitcher? That was not even in the vocabulary yet. One thing I remember about not just the early days, but we did a truly ill-conceived 126 daily episodes. And, you know, that, that probably wasn't sustainable for the long term. But one of the endearing memories I have is that when the age of COVID dawned, my daughter, Herzberger the Younger, was about 10 months. And Rodriguez the Younger was about a year older. So we were kind of on the same schedule where we would send the youngers to bed at 8.39 and then Miguel would go and jump in and he was editing the podcast every night. And then I would either check back on work or for some reason I used to do a lot of ironing after nine o'clock. So I'd be working or sitting there and like uh, the slack thing would pop and it would be Miguel like, you know, not every night, but a lot of nights like, oh, why is this guy's audio so bad? Or why is this person, you know, going on and on? And we would just have a little like kind of check in or dialogue. Uh, and again, that's just one of the endearing memories I have of this uh, adventure over the last couple of years. Okay. I, I do have to say I have the same endearing memory. So Mark, you said that you were <laughs> ironing every night this is yes. Thank during you. the pandemic. Is that true? And, and why? <laughs> okay. your pajamas? Here's, here's the thing. I'm actually not surprised. Like I could see him just ironing at nine o'clock at night. And I'm like, why am I not surprised? <laughs> All right. There's two things. Um, okay. I'm not old enough that I really watched, you know, Mary Tyler Moore when it was on, but I think my uh, sartorial approach, I, for whatever reason, I have worn a collared shirt every day of work from home. That is just my thing. So, you know, easy iron, what have you. It, that's a myth. You, you got to iron this stuff. I will give another quick shout out to Lady Herzberger. She very heroically worked at a hospital all through COVID. Now she works at a clinic. So, She's not a doctor, but she had a white coat and like her scrub. So I would iron those for her so she could look good. Like I say, very heroically working in a hospital. See, you put us all to shame. 
yeah. I think after five years of having to iron, and now I don't have to iron, it's it's fine. I don't. I, <laughs> I don't know if I'll ever have a non-wrinkled shirt again. You uh, might have a different opinion about ironing, Mark, if you're basically forced to do it by someone who's very angry. And I have to say, Mary Tyler Moore was in syndication for decades. You did not have to be alive in the sixties. <laughs> I can't let that pass. You know, since we are talking about like, hey, ironing before and after being working remotely, I'm curious to bring this back to this podcast, Connecting People. So let's say we do kind of go back to campus full time. Things miraculously end up the way they were in 2019. Do we still need the podcast? And why? I don't fit in any of my work shirts anymore. <laughs> I know that's not the question you asked, but I just... If we're coming back to campus, I need to buy new work shirts. Mm. I would say that, yes, we should have the uh, podcast still because um, regardless of whether or not we're on campus, we're all kind of spread out and we all have a good time listening to it. And, you know, some of us might still be remote. I I enjoy it. I think it would actually be a lot more fun because then we could have like on location podcast recordings. I've always wondered if people would listen even more if they were back to commuting. Ooh, yeah, that's a good point. Excellent point. My podcast listening time traditionally is in the car. Angie, what about you? Think we still need it if we get back in person? Yes, definitely agree with the fact that it would probably be more fun to record in person. I think we're doing the best we can with the Zoom format. Yes, it's, but just the interaction between Paul and the chicken wings guy, <laughs> which was live in person. I love that episode, mm-hmm. even though, yes, it's weird to say that I enjoy hearing them eat. <laughs> And such, but it's just like that live interaction, the banter back and forth. It's much more natural. And I think it would actually improve our podcast. We did edit out a lot of the eating. Oh, I want an uncut smacking edition of that episode. (laughs) Yeah, I think Angie brings up a great point as far as, you know, where we could evolve to in an in-person environment. And I think it's important that we keep the podcast. I think we've earned a lot of traction. Um, Our growth has been slow, but it has been growing and we have been evolving. And I think it's an important part as far as the evolved uh, purpose of the, the, the podcast. It still holds true. It's really about, you know, getting people's voices heard, hearing other sides and perspectives and learning what other folks are doing and hearing their approach to work and hearing about their lives and sharing, right? There's a point of recognition that the podcast offers the staff, which is really important to have, right? Just to even be asked, right? It's kind of like the the Oscars and things to even be nominated is, you know, to be asked to be a part of this and be turned down is okay. I'm always happy. Just knowing that folks were asked even if they say, you know, I'm a little too shy for that sort of thing. It's, it's just know that you do something that's interesting and amazing to us. And we think other folks would also feel the same. And I think that level of participation is important for us to keep going, moving forward. And in this in-person world, if we evolve incorporating video into this, I think that would be a next level that we could reach that really could build off of what we do here with everyone. Well, I also wanted to chime in and say, I started off as a student here, so I know how big UCSD already is. And with as big of our organization as ITS, now we even have podcast episodes that include a music professor. It's expanded way past ITS and it's introducing the listeners to different people from UCSD that they probably would have never interacted with before and learning and hearing from their different stories. Yeah. Also to piggyback off that, you know, I think that's one of the cool things that the podcast offers is us to be able to interview student employees and really 
bring them into the fold as far as that notion of inclusive excellence and how they're a part of this and the mentorship component of it and giving them time to be heard and to inform you know other students who are interested possibly in finding a career in IT and how they can come over this way. Um, I think it's a great avenue for us to explore more here. Obviously, there's a lot that we can offer as a mouthpiece for ITS. And some of the episodes can seem quite, you know, specific toward ITS, but some of them kind of get out there more. What would you like to see each of you in terms of offering a view of ITS or a mouthpiece for ITS that would be listened to by basically anyone? I think we have a lot of runway in terms of connecting more with the campus community. And that is a community of probably pushing 100,000 people when you include, you know, 45 or so thousand students, and then all the employees, including health. There's a lot of information about what we do in IT to facilitate what we're known for, teaching, learning, research. But also, I think, just get more basic tips and how-tos out to them. A lot of the times, unfortunately, we only have time to really focus on maybe the big initiatives like change your password or patch this and that. But I think there's a whole layer of just good IT or good cybersecurity tips that we have an opportunity to talk about or get different perspectives on as we think about that larger audience community we could tap into. Yeah, I would say when we started, it was very much focused on, you know, a COVID theme, if you will, for ITS only. And then we broadened out to other topics and other areas and really getting to know more people in ITS as a whole. And then, yeah, there was the uh, distinct decision to then broaden out in some instances where our episodes were for a broader audience and getting those published in Blink and other areas as well to bring in other audience members outside of ITS. And apparently, you know, we're big in places like Sri Lanka. (laughs) Yeah. And India. So I, want to bring this up too, it's probably worth noting that one of the reasons we made the decision to make it something that was in the public domain is that I or Mark were posting episodes on the general or random channels in Slack, which we had a big subscription for at the time. And there were people who could not access the episodes and they weren't happy. There are people who are interested in what the topics were who were not in ITS. And it's like, huh, how can we open this up to them? And then there were things about, you know, we kept growing in terms of accessibility, not just outside of ITS, but getting Rev to make the transcriptions and all that kind of stuff. So I know, sorry. So the podcast has been public since day one. It's been available on all the platforms um, since day one. The only difference was that we were publishing it outwardly outside of ITS. How oh, do I listen to the first episode? No, don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Accessibility was definitely a big thing in terms of branching out. So you're right, yeah. You know, the big thing was that we started pushing it out elsewhere in publications for folks right. to know about. So it wasn't that it wasn't available. It's just people didn't know. Mm. You know, at the time, it must have been the reason I remember it the way I do. When I would share it, it would be with the Daily Digests. And I think that's why. I explicitly remember people being upset about not being able to listen. Right, because the Daily Digest was part of the intro. Right, brain is exploding. Anyway, (laughs) you know what, Joanna, I'd like to hear from you about editing the episodes because I have a lot of experience with that. I want to hear your take. What should I talk about? (laughs) 
when you started with us, we knew you could do like some basic video editing. So probably one thing led to another. I said, figure out podcasting. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, just what's it been like for you to learn a little bit more about just audio only or some of the audio tools and getting this cranked out every week? Well, I guess a little background is that I used to be an intern at an e-learning company. That was my first exposure to audio editing when they had me cut out different parts of their voiceover audios. But now it's cool editing like from start to finish of each podcast. And that really forces me to be in an attentive listener and making sure everything sounds natural. I feel like I spend a lot of time re-listening over and over just to make sure it doesn't sound like I clearly cut something out. It really makes me listen to every podcast and hear from the interesting topics every guest has and listening to the banters that occasionally they ask me to cut out, but it's fun being behind the scenes listening to that. So I have to say too, Joanna, I want to get your take on this as an editor. And I don't know how much you realize how much power you have, but you are ultimately the final storyteller of each of these podcasts. The editor is one of the most important jobs (laughs) <laughs> and it's true. And so a lot of this is coming to my mind because Angie's like, oh, we've got a big job for Joanna now. And, and that's true. But, you know, in a way, when you get this in your editing suite, you're going to have to say, OK, is this important? Does this make sense? What do I keep in? What do I take out? And how do you make those decisions? And how do you think you're going to make those decisions from this conversation? Yeah, definitely. <laughs> no pressure <laughs> being like, I guess, like the final say, but it does help when people give me notes so that I know what they don't want. And based off that, I'll try to see anything else that I feel like as a listener, I would want the audio to be more smooth. If that makes sense. I do cut out odds and ums or like repetitive parts. I try to be in the perspective of a listener. Like if there's like any long pauses You know, you don't want to wait till someone finishes their sentence. So I try to cut out any parts that would just seem, I don't know what the right word is, but. The word is superfluous. That's the word you're looking for. Extra, redundant. Yeah. I think you should edit that (laughs) sentence and then show the original one. It's like, yes, how concise it is after you edit it. (laughs) I want people to know what goes into editing. (laughs) That's my, that's my desire. It's a big job. Yeah, it's definitely the hard part is after you listen to something over and over, you don't know if it sounds normal, if that makes sense. (laughs) Kind of like reading a sentence over and over, you're like, does that even make sense anymore? Yeah, I'd like to say that Joanna does a really good job of smoothing out a lot of the interviews because, you know, interviewing for the podcast is a very casual conversation. There is a little bit of pressure for folks because they're speaking publicly in a sense. But, you know, one of the things that we all do a good job of uh, with anyone we interview is, is affording them the assurances that they will sound good. You know, that's always the question folks ask, hey, can you make me sound okay? And we always say, you know, we're going to do that for you because obviously we want the content to be good and we want you to feel good about your content. And honestly, the editing, you know, in terms of making people sound good or smart, it's all there already. They're already doing that. So all we're doing is just chopping out some little bits and pieces here and there. And Joanna does a wonderful job of smoothing all that out for the listeners so that we can all enjoy it and walk away and feel good. And so, you know, that's a big part of being interviewed by this team. Yeah, that's definitely a great point. And I guess like being in the perspective of the person speaking, you want to consider like, oh, is that how I want to sound? 
Is that how I want listeners to perceive me? Yeah, I always tell people, oh, don't worry, I'll make you sound smart. <laughs> I always just say it. But I'm good with saying things like that that nobody else wants to say. I was going to say, Miguel, what happened with the rest of us then? If you're going to try to make it sound smart, it hasn't worked for our interview. What are you talking about? It's because I don't edit anymore. <laughs> oh, <laughs> just yeah. kidding. But I'm, psh, what are our concluding thoughts? Final thoughts if you're a Jerry Springer fan. I mean, we could always go into the what do we feel like is next. One thing that I think would be really interesting to see since we've talked about keeping the podcast around, even if we go back in person, we've talked about the audience being wider. I'm loath to bring this up, but I'm wondering because it would be more work, particularly for Joanna. But like, what if the show became a little bit more kind of like if there were segments, for example, like you know, here's the segment, here's the intro, and here's the segment that's, you know, on this kind of IT, and here's a segment that's on that kind of IT, and here's kind of a, you know, more broad, here's our music teacher segment, here's our student segment, and have those segments be, you know, it's kind of like This American Life. People become familiar with the format, and I just think it would be cool. Like, for example, uh, so I, I have an interview that I have coming up now that is, you know, kind of a special interest story, but if there was a topic that is very IT related or very, you know, timely that needed to happen at the same time, why not? Why couldn't they both be in there? And how could we fit it in? So, you know, we even create little music stingers, like here's the segment on this and here's the segment on that. And then Doug is going to be that reporter and Mark's going to be that reporter. I think that would be fun. I'm wondering what y'all think. I agree. Yeah, I think that could be a fun idea. And also the content is just different, you know? So like, let's say, some guy in Sri Lanka or some woman in Sri Lanka stumbles on our episode and, you know, there's 10 minutes talking about like DSMLP, which makes no sense to anybody except for like a small segment of people with us. But then there's another segment that's the music teacher or someone who won the Pulitzer or whatever, you know, like every episode ends up having something of some interest to someone. So anyway, it's too bad that this you may or may not agree with me. It's too bad that this is just not our job because it would be super fun. It's, it's a question of resources, honestly. Like to be precisely, to yeah. Um, <laughs> like, if this was I, just the job, it would be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I I think though when you talk about it like a vision, that's a great direction for us to go because I think our goal as a podcast is really to a broaden our audience, provide quality content, improve the content for. ITS specifically and never lose that because that's who our core is, but also provide enough content as we grow to be able to showcase, you know, interesting tech that's going on out to the, to the larger community and showcase the great work that we're doing here, because I think that also, again, goes back to recognition. So if we can continue to move in that direction, I think that's great. And if we can start to compartmentalize some of our stories and build together this larger compendium of stories across each episode, that would be huge. And I think that's possibly something that we can tap into. And if we can start making lots of money off this podcast, maybe we can fund ourselves to be able to do this full time. So any sponsors who are listening, I'm looking at you, Qualcomm. Uh, Miguel is muted. I know. I, I yeah. thought I clicked the button, but it didn't click. I said, oh, hey, Cisco, are you listening? But I made the same <laughs> joke that Doug just did. But <laughs> I don't know. I mean, who knows? There's a lot of potential. And I think there's no rush to reach anything. But it's always good to see how we could incrementally make improvements, as our Lean Six Sigma <laughs> mentality would say. Well, I hope that everybody listening 
got to know the team behind the mic a little bit better. We all work obviously very hard to bring you, I don't want to use the word content because I kind of hate that word. It seems meaningless, which is the opposite of what we want. We want to bring you something meaningful and thoughtful. And clearly we think a little bit too much about this. So (laughs) I hope that uh, you had fun listening to this. We're a bunch of wild personalities and Personally, I love how we mesh. I hope that comes across the mic. And thank you for listening. Uh, We'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming next week. I sure hope you're enjoying this podcast. Remember to let your fellow IT services staff members know that this podcast exists. Get everyone to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you can get your podcasts. This podcast is a collaborative effort, and we want to hear from you. If you have any ideas for podcasts or topics, send them to me at its-podcast at ucsd.edu. That's it for today. Keep an ear out for the next episode of The Current Daily.